Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Do you like to pause there, Tom? You're happy to be here. You got some awkward <laughs> pauses going, man. That's awesome. The luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Got the radio voice going. And Ziggy Rodriguez, I'm glad you're here. Uh, yes, I am. And that's with another he, radio voice. <laughs> yes. But you know what? I can actually mute your mic, so be careful. Okay. I'll, I'll, I won't do that. <laughs> Don't outshine the show host. <laughs> so all that said, I'm so glad that you, you guys are listening to us. We're glad, too, you know. Uh, it's always nice when you're talking and somebody actually listens. Uh, and so we're going to, you know, it's interesting we're going to talk about today. Uh, it's an interesting topic because, um, well, next, Sam, we're going to blame this one on you. This is your topic. Yes, it's true. Yeah, so so that he's could be. He's a control freak. He's a control freak. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we're going to talk about control. Yes. So, uh, you know, what's weird about this is usually when we talk about what we're going to talk about, I have time to sit down and just come up with some notes and like, what are my thoughts here and pray about it and kind of maybe get some scripture verses and kind of lay it all out. So then in my mind, I kind of like, this would be a good show and kind of go through it. And that's why I can say at the beginning of our shows, man, this is going to be a really good show. Not because I did anything, but because as I'm looking at it going like, I'd watch that show. I'd listen to that show. I'd pay attention to this content, (laughs) you know, but I, I didn't do any of that because... I'm giving over control Uh-oh. of this show to the Holy Spirit. Nice. That could be bad. He's pointing at you. No, yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit in Sam. Uh, no, because normally, you know, when you do a radio show, right? Uh, your um, your producers and your broadcasters and your all your uh, radio partners, they like you to be prepared. I mean, generally. <laughs> right? Well, we do have Major Tom here, and he's got a relationship with ground control. So. Yes. Yeah, so, so, we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, whether yeah, or not. He's singing. Yes. I'm about to sing it. Uh, yeah, we're going to do our, our best Ziggy Stardust and see if That's we can. Right. Uh, uh, we got Ziggy Stardust and ground control in the same place. Major this is Tom incredible. And Ziggy. So, so, here's the thing. What do you, what, um, well, Ziggy, what, why? Why would we do a show about control? Well, I think all of us in different ways succumb to a desire uh, to be in control, a skewed desire to be in control. I think either it could be control of how things go in a large way of, man, I really hope things go my way. Like the weather you know, must be good today and, and we can't rain out this game, for example. Uh, but then there's also uh, that desire to control situations with others and really push uh, others uh, in a way to push your influence and, but you, and try to it, get your way excessively as well. Is that what you think is like when, when people are thinking like, uh, like ultimately, I, I know better and I want to help this person through this problem. And uh, and so you end up like trying to be the, the, the primary influence in their life. Is that what you're... It can begin like that. Although, you know, speaking as a person who I had to really grow and confront this issue in my life you know i would easily get frustrated when things weren't going my way including stuff that was in that god category like oh man i can't believe the weather's like this today 
but then also with regard to wanting to get my way in in relationships uh, of varying kinds, and I actually think that you know I might have told myself, well, gosh, I'm trying to get my way for everybody's good because I know what's best. But I think ultimately there was a place of uh, a fear within me that uh, it was a way of dealing with uh, the fear of the unknown of trying to go ahead and push things a certain way that seemed like you know a pretty good outcome to me at the time i do i do know that there's a lot of people uh and myself uh, have felt the temptation because we're raised in um well we'll call it a, a great country i know that a lot of people get really uh, right now it's kind of scary to say whether this is a great country or not you know america but you have to admit that that historically we've had great freedoms right we've had um uh great opportunity for for so many people for so many years and there is this sort of underlying feeling that that we can sort of pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps in other words there's there's a sense of self-reliance in fact if you listen to a lot of um uh folks talking not so much theology but they're they're talking about the the philosophy of success, they'll talk about self-reliance. They'll talk about you do it. You can you can pull yourself up. You can make yourself. You can do these things. And there's a there's a an admirable quality there. But but I wonder if that sometimes leads to a a greater uh, ill, and that is thinking that I'm the only one that can get it done. So if I have a financial difficulty, I'm the only one that can fix it. If if I'm having a health difficulty, I'm the only one that can fix it. If I'm having family or relationship problems, I'm the only one, and, it's, and I, it comes to me to do this. And so what ends up happening is, where does the Lord fit into this picture, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where is your reliance on God? Uh, where's the prayer life? Where are any of these things? Because you don't need to pray if you're fixing everything yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think an important question to ask ourselves if we want to shift from self-reliance to God-reliance is to really look at how God works. Does he Is he pushy with us? Does he push to get his way in our lives, to, to get us to give up this or that sin or go to church or whatever else it might be? Or does he rely upon our freedom and working within the context of our free will mm-hmm. um, and, and and to coax it by his grace to uh, grow in union with his will. And I think it is the latter, mm-hmm. right? And so if we want to be relying on God, there's something fundamentally wrong about trying to push to get our way in a way that uh, God does not do with us. Yeah, and I think sometimes even some of us who might... Um, you know, have a holy bent to them. In other words, they, they, there's a little pie. There's some. There's some. There's a good quality to people. Like I'm a. I, I go to mass. I, I consider myself a good Catholic. And so sometimes I wonder if I fall to the temptation when I pray that, uh, you know, that um, uh, that that person would be eliminated from my my life. In other words, Lord, get rid of that that obstacle. Take that person away, or make that person realize they need to do this. I, I've seen, you know, in my, I'll just say, my, in in the biz, in my, in my my deacon career, uh, I've been uh, the keeper of some uh, uh, like uh, recipient of prayer requests, right? And some of them are these ones that come in anonymously online, and so I'll look at them and I'll pray over them, uh, and sometimes I find myself praying for the person that asked for the request, but not in terms of granting their request. Because I look at the request and I think, and I'm not I want to be judgmental, but they might be like, please allow 
my you know ex girlfriend to realize the error of her ways. Please help her to be less selfish. Please help her to under da, 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 da. it goes on and on. I'm thinking she is either the world's worst human being. Or maybe there's a little something going on mm-hmm. here where you need to see yourself in that way. And I'm not, again, I don't know them. They're anonymous. I don't, it may, she may be the worst person and, <laughs> and you may be the most wonderful person. But my point is, I, I wonder is, is there an element of, of falling into the, the trap of trying to control a situation? I'm right, she's wrong. Well, something that comes to mind here is I think it's fair to say, and we've t- talked about this on the show and numerous previous episodes, that our culture has really forgotten what personhood is and really forgotten how to honor the personhood of the other and the capacity of God to move in mystery through another person and to surprise you and to challenge your perspective um, in, in, a, in a God-born way. I think that we often lose sight of that. And like when you're talking about, oh, we're praying for this person to and treating them as an obstacle and asking God to remove this obstacle from our path. I mean, that's an objectification of that person. Mm-hmm. We talk about objectification in, 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 in terms of sex and sexuality all the time. But what about objectifying a person by just treating them as an obstacle in the path as opposed to a human person called to sainthood? That God has placed in your life, regardless of where they may be in that path, right? And recognizing God's capacity to work in mystery through that person, that might challenge and push you in ways that you didn't expect. Yeah. Now that requires a total rethinking of what an obstacle is, right? I'm, I'm sitting there, when you said that, I was actually thinking like, what if you were, um, you know, you were a track, you were running track, you know, yeah. and, and those hurdles were actually human beings. Right, kind of hunched over that you're jumping over these human beings. I just that, that image came to mind, but I started thinking like, well, there really are people that think that. Well, maybe seriously, and that's how they overcome. Not literally, but they do them. see. No, but they do see human beings as obstacles. No, that's what I'm saying. Right, and I'm, I'm, it requires a radical rethinking because I think a lot of people they they objectify that person, and right. that person becomes whatever. So if 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 you realize that. Your what is what, what what is in front of you is a human being, mm-hmm. right? Who has a whole set of influences and and of course also a, a value, right? As a, as a level of dignity given to them by God, then that it would cause you to create well to rethink how you treat other people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that so that part is a, and that's a challenge and that requires huge yeah. It just <laughs> I don't think a lot of people think that way. No. Right, and 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 I think, you know, it, it it just causes me to think that I I um you know control like control 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 we've got to own the moment we got to own it because it's not it's also not just people so prayer requests imagine the prayer request is Lord I need fifty seven thousand dollars to pay this bill right mm-hmm. right now maybe you do need fifty seven thousand dollars to pay a certain bill or they're going to take your house or uh, some other thing like that but. Doesn't that limit God if the only way that you could get out of this situation, you already have decided what it is. What if the Lord wants you to be in a better house, in a better place, and and maybe he wants you to encounter some other thing that's going to be, it's not going to involve $57,000 coming your way, right, to pay that bill, to keep you in that same situation or whatever. I guess my point is that's our control, right? We, We... I remember the time that uh, Jesus 
accuses Peter of of thinking as human beings do. Oh. Right? And so what's really going on here in, in this control issue is we're thinking like human. We, we need to think like God and not think as human beings do because we, again, if we're, if we're strictly human being and not, there's nothing spiritual about us. There's nothing supernatural. There's no soul there. It's mm-hmm. really just our existence. Right. Then... Well, we are going to use and abuse each other. And there, there's only so much that any, anyone can do. And we have finite you know, resources. We have, uh, there's only certain things that can happen. And, and, and it becomes sort of a Darwinian experience. <laughs> exactly and that's right. not exactly a good place to be. No. So when we say we believe in God, we've got to actually trust in God as well. Right? I mean, that, and that's. And do as Him, which ultimately is praying for the good in that person. Right, we have which to, could be your enemy, or praying for the openness to other solutions to the problem. That's right. Versus, this is the answer. Right. Give him room to move in the situation within us and within others. Amen. So, speaking of moving, we're going to have to move on to segment number two wow, here. You're a pro. Uh, yeah, that's, right. that's why I get the big bucks. <laughs> you are a pro. <laughs> but all that aside, uh, I am going to uh, just let people know they need a, to uh, to check out our website. Uh, thecatholiccafe.com also I'd love you uh, to send me an email deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com and like us on Facebook on Instagram and Twitter like and share our posts and comment on them it makes a difference and I do I want to I'm going to control you now do not touch your radio dial don't push that button don't fall to temptation don't do it don't do it (laughs) we'll be right back And this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winforth's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the God of St. Boniface, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true God. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. 
In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light, when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, who uh, I think I'm still in control here. I'm not sure. Uh, we are talking Barely. about control with uh, Ziggy and uh, Thomas Patrick, and we are trying to figure out, you know, like, well, first of all, I think we've identified that people like to control their circumstances. They like to control their lives. They like to control, even if they don't want to call it control. Right. I mean, we've heard that expression, control freak. Right. Yeah. Everyone everyone loves to point their finger and say, that person's a control freak. Mm-hmm. But there's all all of us have some element of wanting to be the person that gets to, you know, make the decisions to to um to control what our um available resources or choices would be, that kind of thing. Right? We all wanna have that kind of control and we and we sort of build our lives around this um uh, possibility, mm-hmm. and that can be dangerous. Can you know, be. years and years ago, this was first brought to my attention in prayer, and uh, was something I began to focus on. And I can't remember the exact uh, situation, but there was a particular situation that I had taken into prayer where I really had the opportunity to get my way. You know, I could really push something through, and I felt really confident about it. And I was praying about it, and I felt God point help me see you know that, that that's exactly what I was doing was I was pushing and getting my way and I had God ask me or God you know I felt God asking me okay let's say you get your way and let's say it doesn't work out the way you were expecting it to work out and it turns out to be a terrible decision does it then do you want the accountability for that where it all falls on you and I realized I did not <laughs> you yeah. know and and that and that a lot of times we don't think about that side of things. We're we're trying to get our way because we're sure it's the best way. But if we stop and think from a practical perspective, we've made plenty of mistakes in our lives, mm-hmm. and things have turned out differently than we've expected. And so there's also just a basic prudence in stopping and saying, "Okay, God, instead of pushing and make you know, I I, I don't want I don't think I can deal with having all the accountability right. rest on my shoulders." Show me another way. Mm-hmm. Oh, we all want to have. We all have. I mean, you think about our, again. We talked about our nation and all the, the the strife and the stresses and the things that, that we're going through right now. And I think the the idea of accountability is very. It's like it's almost like between somewhere between slim and none, right? <laughs> right. I mean, really, everyone right. everyone has rights, and we love to talk about the rights, right? We have a right to vote, but do we? Are we really informed, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and it's like we have the the right to make decisions about whether we do this or whether we do that or what we believe or and and we have all these rights and the and the thing is just having the right doesn't necessarily make it i mean it's almost like we control we want to control but we aren't willing to accept the the responsibility or the uh, the accountability or 
I mean, who's going to get the bill at the end of our bad mm-hmm. decision? Mm-hmm. Right? Now, God, luckily, he always comes through. And even though we make silly mistakes, he's always there. Right? And uh, it reminds me, uh, earlier in the week, uh, one of the gospel readings during the daily mass um, was essentially the, the, the uh, Matthew's version of the walking on the water. Mm-hmm. And and what happens in that account? I mean, everyone thinks it's awesome. Hey, Jesus walked on water. Oh, it's beautiful. Look, it's you know. Uh, and so there's the miracle, right? And the thing is, though, what happens? The story within that story, where of course they see Jesus on the water and they think it's a ghost. The scripture tells they think it's a ghost. That's the first thing. It's like it's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Wait, I think that's Jesus. <laughs> you know, and he actually says it's I. You know, be not afraid. Uh, it's me. It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord, the guy you've been with for the last several years, you know. Um, and then what does Peter do? Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come out on the water. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't understand why he did that. Now, I, it doesn't explain why he did that. Um, is he like a power hungry guy that, you know, I want to walk on water, you know? Or is he. Because. Uh, if it was just random, like, show us a sign, you know, it's like, Lord, if that's really you, make it snow. Lord, if it's really you, um, turn my, uh, you know, turn my tunic into a tuxedo. You know, why I need to be out and walk on the water. And there's a part of me, I think it spoke to me personally, that said, well, maybe this is a part of Peter, but maybe it's a part of me that I want a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want the power. I want the the ability to walk on water. That'd be cool. You know, and I'm thinking, what is that, though, if it's not trying to control, mm. right? And then what happens? He falls. Mm-hmm. He, he, he starts getting scared. He see the wind is still howling, and he's standing now outside of a boat, right? And so he falls and says, Lord, save me. Mm-hmm. So he has the, the wherewithal, right, the intelligence to... Uh, and the heart to reach out to Jesus again, and the Lord is there, mm-hmm. right? So even when we try to control things, Jesus is there to pick us up when we fall. So that's a good, that's a that's a true Savior. Mm-hmm. Well, God wants to bring us into uh, what all that Jesus was blessed in, blessed with. He wants to invite us into those same blessings, right? But it has to be on God's terms, and our focus has to be on God, and that's where Peter. You know his his focus went to the storm, and yeah. and to, and he he failed to really. But and trust maybe God. it started though. Oh yeah, on himself as sure, well. Sure, sure. Right. So it's easy when you're in a not in a challenged situation, mm-hmm. but if the wind howls a little bit and there's a a big wave coming, right? And you've already kind of put yourself out there and said, "Hey, I want to be powerful and important too." Yeah, to some degree, that's a recipe for disaster. I think as Peter started to sink. Wow, and the Lord could have let him go, but he didn't let him go, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm a big Peter fan. Don't get me wrong. I love St. Peter, uh, and he is a human being, but, boy, I know that he uh, received some divine inspiration in in the choices that he made uh, in the scriptures that he wrote or was part of, you know, uh, and certainly leading that that early church. I I, I see all of that, but there's a part of me that also gives me hope Mm -hmm. for myself when I see myself trying to be in control, Mm -hmm. trying to be on top of things 
let, let alone the water, trying to be on top of, of everything and know I've got it all under control. I want everyone to think I've got it all under control. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, at the end of all this, I think uh, the the things that we have to see ourselves, if, we're, if, we, if we sense that we might be trying to control situations, people, circumstances, maybe a little too much, we've got to go back to the heart of who we're called to be, and that is humble mm-hmm. and vulnerable people. Right, that we really have to. This is what that, what that humility is all about, where we've got to, we've got to give ourselves over, and we've got to allow God, uh, the the like you said before, Sam, the space to move, the room to move, right? Well, freedom, you know, John Saint John Paul the Great, uh, Pope Saint John Paul the Great had a quote where he said, "Freedom is the means, love is the end." That that our love, our capacity for love, is brought to uh, perfection. In freedom, you know, you can think of it like the freedom is the is the medium through the way that a wave travels, and love is 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 traveling through freedom. And so, if we're not giving God room to move, and we're not giving room for God to move through others, then we're missing out on on the, that which brings beauty into the world and into situations that you were, were were blocking out the opportunity for the eternal to pierce the temporal and transform it. So how so you know what someone listening going like okay so I maybe have a little problem with that I may have a little problem with trying to control things Sam what would you suggest in terms of like like uh, to adding to their prayer life or where would they focus or is there a great saint they can go to to help them The first thing I would say from my experience is to ask God to give them the light to see what fears might be at work what are what is it that they might they might want control? What are they prevent, avoiding because yeah, of the control? exactly? And then to step in, you know, we as Christians we're not called to live without fear. We're called to step into our fears with God, and so praying for the courage to confront those worst fears in Him, with Him, and through Him. Um, if we give Him room to move in our hearts to strengthen us in that way, nothing can stop us. Amen, Tom. That's easy, right? Perfectly. I can do that right now. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's something we grow into over time, We, but we're giving God room to build up a track record of of being trustworthy in our lives. You know, he gives us opportunities to trust, and then we trust him even when we're scared. And then we can look back on that and say, okay, Jesus was there for me then. He was there for me here. He was there for me here. And it's that track record of trustworthiness that, that allows us to grow through our the lived experience of our faith. Amen. Yeah. And even when we fail, which we will fail again, oh yeah. right? Jesus will be there to lift us up out of the water. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, wonderful thing. So, you know, vulnerability, humility. Don't try to control everything. Let God do his thing in your life. And let's let the blessed mother guide us as well through her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.